Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange yet again with today's special guest and returning guest and one of my favorite people, favorite co-workers, going back a number of years, Mr. Brian Farrar, who looks after our Flash Stack uh, system. I don't know. What do we want to call it, Brian, today? Flash Stack. It's, it's changing, changing. Either way, welcome. It is. Thank you. I like to think of myself as a returning champion. Uh, well, I, I, I could create a belt and send it. You'd, you'd have some, you'd have Andrew Miller and JD and some others who are on here quite Ooh, a bit yeah, fighting, fighting for company. the belt. But I do always love our conversations. How are things going on Good. out in Austin in Texas land? Wonderful. Um, uh, our governor has completely eliminated COVID. So we, we feel very safe here now. Well, I was just in Southern Utah and Las Vegas over the weekend and it's, it's apparently gone there too, but gone let's too. move, you, move past potential political you, things. You asked a great question though, to start it out, which is yeah. how do you characterize this thing? Because yeah. we don't fit in a simple category anymore. You know, there used to be servers and there was storage and there was networking, then you had full stacks and flash stack played in the full stack category uh, and, and consumption models were separate. Well, now we have a platform, the new flash stack that was designed from a blank piece of paper ground up to specifically be optimized for as a service. So which category do you put it in? What do you call it? Well, it, that just, it just shows well, how we're always evolving kind of in yeah. IT, right? I mean, we, we would have perhaps a few years ago used the CI tag for this thing, but it's far more than that. And that's really what we're going to explore today. I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you on to not reset, but maybe just update the narrative about how we are with Flashdoc. Obviously, our, our partnership with Cisco continues to get stronger and stronger. It's been going for so many years, and we have such great integrations up and down the stack there and a wonderful partnership and tens of CVDs, uh, you know, the Cisco validated designs across so many different use cases, but we got to take a step back. And it's yeah. really the, the market conditions, like we're not 10 or 15 years ago with sort of classic IT. Yes, there, there is a need to evolve and move forward, but let's start with kind of modernization versus simplification. I think that's an interesting starting point that you and I were chatting about the other day, because there are nuances in between the words. They're not, they're not entirely the same thing, but it certainly dictates what you need to go off and do. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, a modernization exercise around your infrastructure, your IT assets is often the first step people take towards uh, a digital transformation for their business. Yeah. But modernizing doesn't necessarily mean you've made it simpler. Uh, that should be the goal. That's always the goal here at Pure. Simplify, simplify, simplify. But quite often when you start to modernize, you can actually make things more complicated. Uh, I liken it to the uh, going to the grocery store when you're hungry. And oh, you gosh. Yeah. You fill your cart up with everything that looks interesting on the shelves. You get home and you realize nothing necessarily works together in a recipe. I don't have anything to cook here. And that's the danger of IT modernization without thinking about the, uh, the actual simplicity in terms of operations going forward. Well, and, and you, know, you make a great point that the classic IT risks are still there, right? And so oh. you, you still are at risk. And this is why an as a service kind of model applied to Flashdeck is so great, but you're at risk of 
you know, one undersizing mm. future needs that you have. And then let's bring in the, the, the view of the architect, right? What's the architect's number one job, make sure that what we invest in today can still be used in the, in the future. It's compatibility. So a classic IT thing and some of my former jobs, we always had this as you run into tech that is not compatible with what's in the future Enter something like evergreen that we do wonderfully here. And then finally it just gets down to more and more. And, and this is you know, some survey data that I did with the content team out there uh, about wasted resources, right? Not using the staff like, Staffing's hard to get. There's, you know, the, the the expertise in areas that people have, like those three areas still, regardless of whether you've already modernized and 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 are adding complexity, those things really still hit, you know, when, oh. when you're investing in tech. And if you're absolutely, and if you're not a managed service provider, you know, if tech, if providing tech is not your core business function, then it means you're spending money that is outside of your core line of business, the core competitiveness you're trying to build against others in your industry. Uh, so if we can help our customers reorient their investments away from maintenance and to competitive advantage in their line of business, then I think we've we've done a really good service for our friends, our colleagues. So. Absolutely. No, for sure. And And back to your prior point, with modernization and making sure you don't have complexity, there are a bunch of new normal requirements, right? It's not, it's not the old days from, again, from 15 years ago, it was like, well, I'm going to just stack up a bunch of servers and attach them in a SAN to storage. And, oh, hey, there's this virtualization thing. We'll just go off and do VMs and, hey, we have a private cloud. Now there are, I would, I would argue, non-negotiable oh. technology elements coming into space, like cloud native and containers. Who have you talked about there that is not doing that? We're talking about it, Brian. It's everybody. NetApp? Oh, <laughs> okay, stop. Sorry, shouldn't have said we that. We can't disparage. Um, we can't disparage. <laughs> can't disparage. We'll edit that out in post-production. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, everybody is. And uh, we are too. You know, the PortWorks acquisition was strategic for us and for our clients. And uh, one of the first things we're doing with it is we're integrating it with FlashDAC via Intersight, the management layer. Uh, we're working on a full CVD for that now. And so imagine this environment where you're using containers to simplify and manage your far-flung application world. And now you can manage that container environment from the same single pane of glass, the same management console that you're using to manage your physical infrastructure. You're using it to manage your consumption models all in one central place. And so containers um, are a real important thing for our clients. And um, yeah, look for the announcement uh, coming up. Uh, what do we have a little event coming in June called Accelerate? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. I mean, we've talked public, you know, we know this is coming. We have port. Yeah. It's just a natural evolution right. to, to have that be something that, you know, that, that lands on flash deck, but think of the value you've got there because ultimately flash deck is, and always has been about, you know, running mission critical apps and, and doing other things. Although, you know, we've had some great strides in another non-negotiable element, right? Everybody's freaked out about ransomware. It comes up on every pod that I do, but data protection in general, there's, there is no tolerance for downtime any longer. No, right? and it's it's not a it's not a when or an if. No, it's a certainty you're going to be hit. Yeah, and you better yeah. be prepared for it. And yeah, downtime. There is no tolerance for downtime. And it's funny we talk about another requirement quite often: high availability. I'm old enough to remember when high availability was a use case. 
Right. Oh, you should really do a high availability system for that. Well, now high availability is in every unit item. You know, there is no workload that you should not protect in your environment. No, because there's there's usefulness to non-prod data. There's usefulness to backup data, right? There's, a, you know, the whole concept of data reuse that we've talked about a lot in mm-hmm. other pods and other things that we've done around data protection, right? Why have that data just sitting in neutral get use out of it? But also it's about how fast you can recover. And, and we've got some great partners. You've you've extended, you and the team have extended out into some great partnerships. We, you know, we've done some things with Veeam, mm-hmm. with FlashStack that's starting to pick up momentum. And so we're really yeah. providing some of the answers to that look we we can protect your data we can we can eliminate your your to, yeah your tolerance for downtime we can take care of that oh yeah it's uh, and the beam partnership has been a wonderful partnership and that's the beauty of flash tech it is our portfolio engine mm-hmm. you know, you, most people don't just buy converged infrastructure or hyper converged infrastructure or software defined infrastructure in and of itself, they're buying it for use for something. Yeah. And, you know, data protection partners like Veeam, the application space, partners like SAP, the database space, the OpenDB, SQL, Oracle, all of these things um, typically run simultaneously in many cases on the platform. And it all needs to be protective, maintained. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we talk about uh, all those things running and you can very easily end up with a plethora of management challenges when you start adding portfolio items into your infrastructure. Um, and, and one of the great advantages of FlashStack is the full set of REST APIs mm-hmm. for managing things. In fact, that's the key for integrating portworks and container management into FlashStack. And so that open API set allows us to do all kinds of additional things, adding additional applications, additional solutions in. Yeah. Well, it gets back to our, you know, classic IT challenge of incompatible architectures or incompatible software, right? I mean, and Pure has always had a, an API first approach and that continues. And then we're now, you know, embarking on some things with with FlashStack, where we're talking in terms of IAC, right? Infrastructure as code being sort code, of the cool. new, the new sort of shiny, fancy term, but it really is just again the hallmark of starting with the API first. What the developers want to do, what connections do you need to make, what integrations that you know we have available, and then you've got the integration with the management tools that you've already talked about, right? I mean, that's where you can touch them, and I don't know. I always kind of say one tool to rule them all when we're talking about you know. Inner side, it, it's it's a little bit Lord Lord of the Ringsy, but but still, but, that's that's what people want. They don't want to be doing what what my friend Barks calls swivel chair management and just kind no. of pivoting back and forth and pulling different screens and doing different things. Just let me touch one thing and and see everything. I started my career uh, as a network product manager for a small company. Probably heard of AT and T. I don't I don't know who that is. No, just, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're still around somewhere. Yeah, but. Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, we would have a multitude of screens across a room and you'd be bouncing back and forth to see different, not only different apps, but different parts of the network were different management tools. It was, it was crazy and you know, just shows you how far we've come. And in fact, one of the must-haves, in my opinion, that we've not mentioned yet uh, is automation and yeah. in particular, AI-driven automation. Mm-hmm. These systems are getting smarter and smarter. And in fact, the management tool Intersight on FlashTech is an AI enabled automation tool. 
And uh, we have automation built into the server side, into the storage side, into the whole stack. So the idea is you can start automating these mundane tasks and Intersight can start to learn what your operational behaviors are. And that now you're really starting to save time for your IT administrators. And now you really are freeing up bandwidth. Yeah, and certainly under the covers, we've done so much with Pure One over the years as yeah. well, right? As and mm-hmm. we position that as an AI ops, you know, AI ops generated kind of kind of platform. But I, I think people are always astonished when they understand that people trust us with their phone home data and they let us access the data from Pure One, and we go off and learn things so we can do valuable things like workload planning and workload simulations, and we do whatever high percentage of our our service in, you know service uh, calls and notifications via that platform and it gets more and more easy, right? We're talking as a service now, we're actually allowing people to go in and to explore as well as to transact to actually leverage technology directly out of Pier 1, right? And I should be clear on that too. I've, I've in the past, maybe not as been as clear as I, I should have been. Intersight doesn't replace Pure One. No, no, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it augments it. They are used together in the system. So FlashDeck still leverages all those features Intersight is just pulling alerts from that. So you have a quick and easy executive summary of what's going on in the entire infrastructure across all your stacks in one place. Pure One still very important, still a superior tool in the storage marketplace. Yeah. And that's good because you've got multiple roles that need to access. You've got sysads, you've got storage admins, you've got network admins, right? Mm -hmm. And so some of those are going to be, you know, more reliant on on Intersight, but knowing that you're pulling in the reliable data and and the AI, I'm glad you made that. I'm glad you made that that distinction. So that gets us kind of through the new normal requirements Mm -hmm. of of modern tech, you know, back to our our early narrative and really touches on the point of what people require to have from a functionality, the the install, deploy, and, and use simplicity and ease of use. That's always been something that's been a hallmark of flash stack um, mm-hmm. avoidance of technical debt. I mean, we kind of covered on that with, with what we do with evergreen, but then budgets, right? This is the one that I think is really, really super interesting is just diving into the cost piece. Cause what we keep seeing more often than not is that staffing, staffing and risk become the big things that, that plague it orgs, right? And your, your C level roles, your CFO roles, mm-hmm. You know, they're always being asked to do more with with less. We know that sort of mantra, but when you move to a truly, you know, single bill, single, uh, you know, subscription based on the actual usage across mm-hmm. the stack, all of a sudden you're you're doing a better job of aligning your business priorities to what you're actually spending. What business manager does not want more predictability? Sure, right? sure. And that's what we're delivering here: less risk, more predictability. And the end result is you never pay for more than you're actually using, more than you're consuming. You pay for exactly what you get, exactly what you need, I should say. You get exactly what you pay for. And um, so there's no ambiguity anymore. And as you say, it's based on your own, your current usage. Uh, Any time of the day, real time, FlashDeck uh, gives you a report out of what your resource consumption is at every layer of the infrastructure. And that's a tremendous planning tool. And if you're moving it over to the other side of the balance sheet in, an, in a subscription model, um, that's going to become very predictable. And uh, so, so we're, we're seeing a huge amount of interest in not only FlashDeck as a service, but the subscription model in general for those reasons. 
it's becoming one of the dominant themes in our industry, clearly. For you good reason. Yeah. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. And uh, getting just what you need, I think, is the summary. I, I, I may have to license that. I think I'm not, a, we're, we're never allowed to, no, we, maybe we can't print lyrics, but if I verbalize them, then maybe it's safe. But that just that's just what, what came to mind there. I want to touch on a couple other things because we've really gone through and you you and the team have done a great job of repositioning, you know, not, not I mean, Flashdack is still Flashdack, but the perception of what it was and, and what it is kind of from the ground up and how we talk about it has evolved to some of these modern needs and requirements. When we talk about first hybrid cloud functionality, how, how do you discuss that right around, around the flash stack technology? Like how does that play in sort of a hybrid cloud mentality or is it an experience or is it both? Well, I guess it's, it's kind of both. Part of the redesign of flash stack was specifically to simplify the hybrid cloud on-prem experience. So now whether you're on-prem or hybrid cloud or multi-cloud or cumulus cloud, uh, Flashjack works the same across all that landscape as it did when it was just on-prem 15 years ago or 10 years ago. You know, Now people want that same functionality regardless of where the data is stored, regardless of where the application is run, regardless of where your IoT sensors are. Uh, Flashjack needs to support your entire landscape from core to edge. And that is really the beauty of Flashjack. As an administrator, you're just... It's just another volume. It's just another data set. It's just another backup location. It just works. So there are two concepts there. One is the ubiquitousness of FlashDAC across that hybrid cloud, multi-cloud environment. And the other aspect is the simplicity with which we execute that presence. Mm -hmm. And if you're an administrator trying to deal with data all over your infrastructure, you know what a godsend something like Flashjack can be for your daily job. Yeah, and it it harkens back to more of the focus around software defined. You know, I've done I've done a number of podcasts in the last three to six months in and around peers of service or evergreen, or we had a campaign around ever, you know, enterprise for all, or we had, you know, Steve McDowell for more insights come on and, and everything we went to was software, the software defined approach, right? The stateless nature of the platform, but also goes back to the API driven conversation we had before and the management platform and, and heck you've even got, you know, app dynamics, right. That is something else, you know, Cisco has a whole bunch of other software oh, platforms that you can roll into the mix that at the server level are fantastic things to have. But when you look at the three tier architecture, all built and tuned and, and working well together, there's just much more power. Like if you're an administrator or you're a user, you'd be excited with, with what you have with the software stacks. Oh yeah. Yeah. You really are. And you know, we've all, we, we've probably been the leader on the storage side in the software defined clearly uh, a revolution or evolution. Um, it, it is harder to software to find things servers do, things networks mm -hmm. do in fairness, but Cisco has made huge strides in the new architecture. Now for, for their half of flash stack is completely software defined. So now we can say via Intersight, the entire stack is software defined as needed anywhere across your landscape. Uh, and that, again, we're talking about freeing up resources, simplifying the workload, uh, making IT more responsive to line of business needs. 
And uh, simplifying that environment is the first step towards that. And also ensuring what you invest in is something that you can use today and out in the future, right? I mean, you're one of the other points about something you wrote recently was around yeah. tech debt, tech debt avoidance. And I, yeah, I understand the original term around tech debt was more around software, but yeah. we liberally applied it across IT and liberally applied it to the acquisition and use of infrastructure. And as an old school microprocessor server guy, as I, I frequently tell people on this on this pod, I, I'm well aware of the, the server and the processor and now storage life cycles that you know, about every two to three years, that thing runs out of its useful life or it's depreciated. And it becomes a boat anchor. I, you know, wrote that in my, in my notes here for the, you know, I was like, Hey, it's a boat anchor. It and, is. and with, with something like a flash stack, it's not just the storage layer that we have the capability of keeping fresh, but also the other pieces, you know, Cisco kind of took a page, a page out of the evergreen book that we do. And, and now you've got something that can just continue to exist and you avoid tech debt and you stay focused on that software. You know, to extend my analogy at the grocery store, when I think of tech debt, <laughs> And I open my uh, refrigerator door and I see uh, rows and rows of ancient unused condiments. Yes. I don't know how they got there. I don't know why they're there, but I'm spending refrigerator landscape space and, and electricity to keep it fresh to manage these things. This grocery debt, like tech debt, that just seems to linger forever and ever. We pulled a piece, uh, a jar of mustard out of the refrigerator the other day that had an expiration date in 2012. And our customers tech how debt. Did, how how did it taste? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did throw it out. Hey, I will, will say we did not have the guts to try it. Right. But no, you're right. The tech debt is no different, right? Is, is yeah. that there are things that are just there and, and lingering. And the longer that they linger, the more chance for problems or you know, bring in the old bathtub curve from the old days. At some point, things just start to break because they're, you know, it's like the dishwasher we have in my house right now. I don't know how many years old it is, but it doesn't work as well. It's time for a new one. It's just yeah. nothing wrong with it. It just, you know, it just kind of got old. So um, I love the analogy of the refrigerator. I don't know how we have three bottles of Brianna's raspberry something vinaigrette that are sitting in the door. I don't know why we don't finish the first one that kind of drives me nuts. And also I'll warn people, watch out about, watch out about buying butter at the, uh, the big box stores. Cause it's really hard to go through 16 sticks of butter. We, we got so much space taken up by now. We will eventually use it. But uh, again, I digress back to it. I, I think it's great. The analogy that you made is, is avoiding that, that tech debt. And geez, all that much better with the utility model, right? With the utility mm -hmm. model, it's, it's kind of, you care less about that because you can just, you're focused on the capacity, not on the latest and greatest. Yeah, well, you don't need to grocery shop anymore. Yeah, yeah. A world-class chef brings your every meal to your doorstep. Um, it's as simple as flicking on, getting, you know, IT services as simple as flicking on your light and getting electrical services. I mean, this, this is the model of the future and this, and, you know, we've seen the analyst data to, to show that, you know, almost every organization at this point has tried at least some type of utility service model for yeah. IT. And that's only going to, only going to continue to expand yeah. Yeah. And, and plug to, I just published today. It is March 2nd when we are uh, recording that just published today, a great pod that I did with Errol Hayward and Ben Lee, one of our solution architects who both focus on pure as a service. So it's not mm -hmm. entirely inclusive of the, the, the Cisco piece and the flash stack as a service piece, 
but really great examples in there. If you're listening and want to go get a little bit more deeper on the, the nuances of pure as a service and kind of the impacts and, and Ben is great. Cause, cause Ben was on a, a team before his new role where he worked on one of the more transfer, one of the larger and more transformational pure as a service uh, deals that, that, and, and provide some of the outcomes on what, what that provided. And guess what? At some point when we're talking with those interested prospects, the conversation pivots. It's no longer about, you know, bits and bytes and what your module looks like. It's about, okay, what projects do you have for the next three years? How much data do you think you're going to need to consume? What staffing and resources did you have? It, it's just a much more mature and, and higher level conversation that you get into. But once the light bulb goes on that those are the things we're trying to solve, um, that the conversation goes in a different way. And certainly Flashback as a service is, is a part of that now and will continue to be, as you said, Brian, you know, the wave of the future. Are we, uh, I did not realize we were allowed to use this as a, a platform for cross product promotional activities, but since uh, you did it, I do want to tell our listeners that, um, what are we, March 2nd, last week, Paul Ferraro, our VP of subscription services and his counterpart, Alexandra Zaguri at Cisco, their VP of, of uh, subscription services, wrote a wonderful blog called uh, Infrastructure Simplification Imperative. And I encourage our listeners to take a look at that because both Cisco and uh, Pure Executives go through some of the things that we've talked about here today and some other additional considerations that you should think about when it comes to simplifying uh, a hybrid cloud, multi-cloud infrastructure. Yeah, it's a really interesting blog conversation, and I know you you had a, a webinar that ran last week that folks can go can go find too. Which is a nice uh, segue into let's talk about the partnership in general. We've alluded to it yeah. a couple of times, and maybe a good a good time to close. Right, we we get nothing done in this industry without relying on. Uh, partnership relationships and and certainly our alliance relationship Cisco one of the strongest if not the strongest that we have in this company you worked there so you oh, know yeah. you know the ins and outs and know many of the people over there which which is a great thing and sneakily why uh maybe I'm a genius for putting you in this role I don't know uh, just well, kidding. I love Cisco kidding. I mean I I, I, yeah. I I will say it's one of those where it was hard to leave but what Pure was doing on the data side and the storage side was just too exciting to pass up. I feel like I do more work for Cisco now, however, when, than when I work there, at least that's what I keep telling my old colleagues there. Well, there's just we, more we, conference calls. That's all, you know, you just more, have more, more calls with them. Especially now in the COVID era, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, um, we've flash has been around, um, Gosh, I have to do my math in my head here. I think it's about seven years now. The partnership has done nothing but grow. We were probably the last uh, storage vendor that Cisco started doing stacks with, admittedly. They wanted an all-flash stack, and they didn't have one yet, hence the creative name Flash Stack. <laughs> Go figure. It works. And it works. And in that time, we have grown from the last platform, storage platform that they chose to work with to their number one full stack offering in the marketplace. So FlashStack is absolutely um, a superstar 
with regard to the UCS family of servers over at Cisco. But more importantly, the exciting thing about Cisco is how um, their innovation complements our innovation. You know, we uh, you mentioned AppDynamics earlier. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful example. AppDynamics is consistently in the upper right-hand corner of the Gartner Magic Quadrant for application management, just like Portworx is for container management. Those two innovations both come together with FlashStack to provide our customers with a best of breed. And that's the beauty of working with Cisco is you get best of breed on store on uh, networking, on um, the server side, as well as all the add-on software pieces like AppDynamics, like their cybersecurity suite, for example, like workload management tools. And all of those uh, play very nicely with Pure One and with our own management capabilities as well. Yeah, just the level of joint development is quite substantial compared to some other relationships that I've seen over time. And I think that manifests itself very well in the the Cisco validated designs that we have out there. I don't think from a sheer quantity, we have as much as some of our competitors, but I think we have the right ones and we have the ones that people care the most about that are relevant, that they're trying to go off and solve. And then you do a great job of aligning on, on go-to-market activities. I think, you know, we show up at their events, they show up at our events, the, you know, the joint webinars, like you just did last week, there's just, there's such generosity on their side to, to work with us and kudos to the alliances team for, you know, making sure to keep all those relationships strong. Well, then one last plug, we do have some 42 to 45 CVDs now. And each of them covers a popular workload, SQL Server, Oracle, SAP, VDI, et cetera. Chances are, if you're deploying a popular workload, we've got a CVD for you to take a look at. It is free. And if you follow the recipe, follow the CVD, you're going to get to what the engineers call green lights faster than you possibly can on your own. And everything will work right. Yeah. And, and yes, the CVDs are a lot of joint heavy lifting, joint engineering work to do. They're massive documents, but they leave nothing to chance. And that's why they're sort of the benchmark, the gold standard in the industry for validated designs, both one of the original validated designs and today still one of the best. Well, and they are extensive for a reason, right? You want to have certainty when you go go off and deploy. So that's a Absolutely. good comment. Well, let's let's close with something exciting that's coming up in the future, because I just heard, and I, I don't think it's a rumor anymore. I think it's actually happening that Cisco Live is going to go down in June. And, uh, I think, yes, we are going to be there. So that is super exciting. Are you going to be there? That is- I will, because the accent is on the word live. This yes. Is supposed to be a real live event in Las Vegas, Nevada. Outstanding. So you bet. Uh, probably be my first uh, trip in a while. To be, <laughs> I can't wait. It's probably going to be a pretty packed uh, environment for that reason. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll we're one of the gold sponsors of the whole program. We'll have a large booth there, uh, lots of speakers, lots of demos. Um, so I encourage uh, folks who, especially from the Cisco side, who are stopping by Cisco Live to come take a look at what we're showing and talk about some of the innovations we're doing. Absolutely. We would love to see you there. And then in the meantime, everything you might need about FlashStack, if you want to learn more, is at flashstack.com. We've got a dedicated, and I wouldn't even call it a microsite, it is a macro site 
uh, owned and managed between the two companies with our alliance relationships, uh, plenty on Flashstack as a service if you want to dig a little bit deeper there. And also just generally all the good things that we're doing around Flashstack. And you can jump off to the Cisco validated designs that Brian mentioned. Mr. Farrar, this was a blast as usual. Any final parting words or words of wisdom or pithy thoughts? Relative? Well, only... Um... Uh, don't take your infrastructure for granted. Go to the experts. You, we have over 4,000 customers who've implemented these flash stack based infrastructures. So we're the, and, and we have a world record customer SAT score and our NPS score. And between our customer SAT with what we're doing, the love, the analysts show what we're doing, our financial performance, uh, which, um, is stellar. That should all give our clients a real, real boost of confidence that when you go with pure, you're going with somebody who's a winner and uh, is really expanding in this space. Yep. And in this space, we will be continuing to invest in the flash stack and a flash stack as a service offering. Brian, thank you so much for coming on today. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, let's do this again soon. Maybe when we can talk a little bit more about uh, what happened with Portworks, although I think Mr. Craig Waters also wants to get on and do a little bit of a deeper dive into those solution areas. So maybe I'll save you from suffering with me for another 35 minutes, but I do appreciate the time today. <laughs> Always a blast to have you. And hey, thank you out there for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Please tell a friend, tell a colleague, keep sharing the show, and we will keep bringing the great guests like Brian on to the program. And with that, we will wrap for Pure Storage and Brian Farrar. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Mm -hmm.